Hi friends, I'm your host, Lane Healy. Welcome back to the Planting Seeds podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I really quickly just want to give a huge thank you to everyone who listened to my first episode. Your support means the world to me. If you want to know a secret, I was actually really nervous to make this podcast and almost didn't release it, but I'm so glad I did. To everyone who messaged me saying you liked episode one or tried some of the tips, ugh, thank you. You guys have made my heart so full. It makes me so happy to know that people found my advice helpful and were able to relate to what I was talking about, because that's the whole goal of this podcast, to help you guys grow, cope with some of the harder things in life, and just be the best version of yourself. A lot of you guys related to what I was saying about equating weight with happiness, specifically that being thin would make you happier. And since this podcast is for you guys, we're going to keep going in that direction and talk about one of the main reasons this feeling is so common. You guessed it, it's diet culture, the title of this episode. This is a topic I feel very strongly about. And we have a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it. Today, we're talking about diet culture, specifically how much it sucks. To start things off, let's talk about eating, because our relationship with food is probably one of the biggest things affected by diet culture. Eating is something that should be so simple, but for some reason, it can be incredibly difficult. I might be a little biased since I've struggled with eating for a large part of my life, but I genuinely feel like at some point or another, everyone has had their struggles with food, small or big. And this is so crazy to me because eating is literally human. There's no choice to be had here. Everyone needs to eat no matter what. You deserve food. You actually don't even need to deserve it because it's a human need. We literally need food to survive. So why do so many people struggle so much with feelings of guilt when they do? I was told in nutrition therapy that the average person eats about three meals and two to three snacks a day. Of course, there's no perfect way to eat. There shouldn't be any rules here. So if you don't eat three meals and three snacks a day, that is completely fine. Do your thing, as long as you're listening to your body and satisfying your hunger. Scratch that, satisfying your needs, your human needs that we all need to meet. But for some reason or another, we collectively struggle to meet those needs. We all know that everyone has to eat and that everyone else does or should But for some reason, we tend to exclude ourselves from that. Most often, we see no problem when others enjoy food, but when we do the same, we shame ourselves for that. Why is that? There's a lot of issues with eating that can develop from this perspective. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Some people struggle with eating too much or overeating. This can sometimes be called binging. And binging is eating to the point where you're uncomfortably full in a very short time span. 
This is not the same thing as having a big dinner and then going for a dessert or an extra snack when you're already full. This is eating more than your daily intake in as little as one or two hours. When you binge, you also might not be able to stop eating, even when you're extremely full. There's actually an eating disorder for this called binge eating disorder, or BED. But not everyone who struggles with binging actually has this disorder. Most people with BED get caught in a cycle of trying to eat quote-unquote healthy and then binging. This could be weekly, daily, or multiple times a day. On the opposite end, some people struggle with undereating or restriction. As you could probably guess, with this problem, people don't eat enough food. And that could be on purpose or without knowing, and for a million of reasons. There's an eating disorder for this too, and it's called anorexia. Most people who develop this disorder also develop a fear of food, which just makes it that much harder to meet those food needs. There's also a third eating disorder that has both binging and restrictive qualities called bulimia. Here, people can be caught in a cycle of overeating and undereating. It can seem very similar to BED, but the difference here is that bulimics often get rid of the food they eat. This is also called purging, and it can take many forms, including laxative abuse, diuretics, fasting, overexercising, or most commonly, throwing up. This is the eating disorder I was diagnosed with a few years ago, and I used to feel a lot of shame for it. But it's actually really common. And if you guys want to hear more about this, please just let me know and I will gladly touch on this again in another podcast. Another struggle we can have with food happens when we try to eat quote-unquote perfectly and focus a little too hard on being healthy. Crazily enough, this is largely accepted by our society, but it's not a healthy mindset to have. Eating perfectly all the time is not realistic. In fact, there's even an eating disorder for this, called orthorexia. People with orthorexia might cut out certain food groups, like carbs or meat, focus too heavily on the ingredients in food, like calories and macros, and may overexercise. But orthorexia can take many different forms, and it looks different for every person who struggles with it. I wanted to touch on some of these eating disorders because they show how severe our struggles with food can be. But there are plenty of people without eating disorders that still struggle with some of these same things, like overeating, binging, restriction, and crazy healthy eating. There's actually a name for this too, and it's called disordered eating. Not eating disorders, disordered eating. It's easy to get it mixed up though. Disordered eating is when you practice unhealthy food and body behaviors, usually to lose weight. It can include intermittent fasting, juice cleanses, fad diets, diet pills, or skipping meals. And those are just a few examples. The craziest part about disordered eating is that it's considered healthy in society now, and people who struggle with it are often praised, which is just insane. Please know that if you have struggles with food, you are not alone. So many people have issues with this, and the sad fact is, it's very common. 
all of these issues ultimately stem from diet culture. Yes, there can be multiple factors in this equation, but diet culture is by far the biggest because it praises this unhealthy behavior, celebrates rapid weight loss by pretty much any means necessary, and even profits off of that. But hold on, what even is diet culture? Let's talk about it. Diet culture is this widely shared belief that being thin is the same as being healthy, and the idea that you should prioritize your appearance, diet, and exercise over your general well-being. It also involves shaming people who don't live that way, or live in larger bodies. Already we are not off to a good start here. We see diet culture everywhere, on social media, in advertisements, and in pop culture, like music and TV shows. Think about how many influencers you see on TikTok or YouTube, marketing a new workout program that claims to make you lose a ridiculous amount of weight in a super short amount of time, or how many ads for diet products you see on Instagram or Facebook, like Fit Tea and Detox Drinks, or how many TV shows feature girls talking about their diet, or people getting made fun of for their weight. It's too many to count. Diet culture is literally everywhere, and even though it might start in the content we see, more and more people start bringing this belief into our real lives too. We all have that friend, family member, or even a stranger who body shames others or talks about dieting non-stop. And those conversations leave a lasting impact on everyone listening. And let me tell you, it's not a good one. The worst part is all these influencers and companies marketing these diet culture products are literally preying off our insecurities and setting us up for failure. The beauty standard created by diet culture is literally impossible to meet. If you ask me, I would say the beauty standard right now is extremely thin, toned bodies with a few curves. And unless that's your natural body shape, that is a pretty much impossible standard. You can't have a big butt or boobs without a little tummy or some growth everywhere else. And if you have the thin figure, it's pretty likely that you won't have as many curves. Even the models for these products can't meet these ridiculous standards. These companies hire models who are already thin to begin with and claim their product is what made them lose weight. And even worse, they Photoshop these images to make the beauty standards even that much harder to achieve. And let's not forget, the main message of all these ads are that thin bodies are healthy bodies. But what does health really mean? Health is holistic. It includes your mind, body, and spirit. It does not have a certain look, and a healthy lifestyle won't be the same or look the same for everyone. If we all ate the same thing and worked out the same way, we wouldn't look the same. Our bodies are all different, and they're meant to be that way. Why punish yourself for looking different from someone else when our differences are what make us all uniquely beautiful? Who even says skinny is healthy? Who says fat is unhealthy? These are not exclusive things. You can be fat and healthy, and you can be skinny and unhealthy, and of course, vice versa. 
Take it from me, when I struggled with my eating disorder, I lost a lot of weight. And most people seem to praise me for being healthy. But in reality, I was the most unhealthy I've ever been. The only difference was, I was in a smaller body. Believe me when I say this, health has no size. Plus, all these products and fad diets that claim to be healthy are most often the exact opposite. For example, Fit Tea is basically just a laxative in disguise. Sure, it might work to lessen your bloat, but that's because you're pooping your brains out, and that brings a whole bunch of health complications with it, like dehydration and electrolyte imbalance, which, by the way, can lead to comas, seizures, and cardiac freaking arrest. Does that sound healthy to you? I'll tell you right now, it's not. Let's say maybe you don't buy these products, but you still participate in diet trends. Unfortunately, this won't do you any good either. Most of these diets like keto, paleo, or low carb diets are extremely restrictive and often cut out some of the main food groups that our bodies need. They're also not sustainable. People who try these diets usually just end up yo-yo dieting and struggling with overeating on cheat days. A little fact for you guys, up to 80 to 90% of people who go on these types of diets end up gaining all their weight back once the diet is over. Why? Because restriction is not sustainable. So if diet culture is so bad for you, what should you do instead? Well, I'm no expert, but here's my take. Personally, I think the most holistically healthy way to live is to move your body in a way that feels good to you when you can. This could be walking, dancing, doing TikTok dances, Zumba, taking bike rides, swimming, hiking, running, even the gym if you want. But there shouldn't be a certain way to exercise or pressure to move your body in a way you don't like. You should exercise because you love your body, not because you hate it. Since we know dieting isn't sustainable and can lead to a bunch of health problems or eating issues like I talked about in the beginning of this episode, I believe intuitive eating is the best way to go. This basically means allowing yourself to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, and listening to your body because it knows best. Let me be clear, this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle because intuitive eating is sustainable. I also think that when it comes to body image, the grass is often greener on the other side. Yes, skinny privilege is a thing, and smaller bodies are praised by diet culture, which is very popular today. But on the other hand, I do think most people tend to want what they don't have, and sometimes what they want can go against our standard and diet culture. Personally, I know plenty of thin people who are body shamed for being quote-unquote a stick and want more curves. I know people who are strong and muscular and don't really like it and instead wish they had more curves or less muscle. And of course, there's plenty of people in curvier, larger bodies who want to be thinner or more muscular. I say, just own the body you have, respect it and take care of it because it's yours and you only get one. Someone out there loves you as you are and might even wish they looked like you. I can't see any of you guys from behind the mic, but I can assure you, you're all beautiful as you are. 
you don't need to change. There is no universal health goal to achieve. Health means something different to everyone. So ultimately, listen to your body and do what's best for you. Now I know that all sounds nice, and this is all easier said than done, especially with diet culture coming at us from all sides, from family, friends, social media, and maybe even yourself. So here's a few tips to practice for creating a better relationship with food and exercise and saying F you to diet culture. For my first tip, let's circle back to intuitive eating. I really urge all of you guys to start practicing this or at least start thinking about it. Like I said before, intuitive eating means eating whatever you want, whenever you want. To do this successfully, we've got to drop the habit of labeling foods as good and bad. All food is good food, and nothing you eat can hurt you as much as restriction can. If you want a piece of cake, chocolate, or some type of dessert, have it. You want pizza, a burger, chips? Great, go for it. None of these foods should be off limits. We're also gonna have to stop counting calories. Since we're eating whatever, whenever, there's no need to set a limit of how much you can eat during the day or how many calories you can consume. Your body knows what it needs. It's time to trust it. Since we're so used to diet culture, I'm sure you guys are worried about what happens when we start eating intuitively. Maybe you think when you let yourself eat whatever you want, you'll only opt for quote-unquote bad foods. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Why is it so bad to eat those foods? One piece of cake will not make you overweight, just like one salad will not make you underweight. Think about that for a second. If you're worried about constantly overeating, that's actually pretty unlikely to happen. You're probably used to being on restrictive diets and constantly craving the foods you've made off limits. But with intuitive eating, when you tell yourself you're allowed to have those foods whenever you want, you're gonna notice you stop craving them as often. And even if you have that branded bad food every day, you won't feel tempted to eat as much of it because you'll know you can have it tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that. I will say, when you first make the shift to intuitive eating, you might start off having more of those seemingly bad foods. But once your body realizes you're not restricting anymore, this will go away, and everything will balance out. If you already struggle with binging, I'll add an extra tip just for you. Focus on eating a variety of food groups. My nutritionist told me it's great to include a carb, protein, and fruit or vegetable in every meal. So maybe start by trying to meet this goal with every meal, when you can. The main goal of intuitive eating is breaking free from the negative, restrictive diet mentality and finding balance between all foods. As I'm sure you've heard before, we're looking to eat everything in moderation. One of the hardest parts of intuitive eating is identifying your hunger, and this can be really difficult for people who have struggled with eating disorders in the past, especially if they stopped getting hunger cues. 
I had this issue when I first started eating intuitively and it was really difficult to figure out when I was hungry or how much I should eat to avoid undereating or overeating. First of all, there's no right amount or right thing to eat. There's just hungry, satisfied, and full. And those stages can look different for everyone. A useful tip here is using something called a hunger scale. This is a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is hungry and 10 is very full. To use the hunger scale, you're going to start by figuring out how hungry you are before and after every meal. The goal is to start at a 2 to 3 before you eat and end at around a 7 to 8 after the meal. If you struggle with hunger cues, it's obviously difficult to know when you're hungry. So instead of just feeling things out, examine your symptoms. Are you lightheaded, tired, irritable? Does your stomach hurt? Do you have a headache? You're probably hungry and it's time for a meal. It can also be hard to tell when you're satisfied or when you're full. Satisfied is the goal here. It's okay to be full, but feeling overly full after a meal might be a sign of overeating, and consistently doing that isn't always the best thing. To figure out which is which, take a second to feel things out. If you're overly full, you might feel nauseous, you could feel stomach pain or discomfort, you might see extreme bloating, or it could be painful to move. Whereas if you're satisfied, you might notice your hunger symptoms have faded, you feel relaxed and more energetic. The best thing to do is take breaks while eating and feel things out during the meal. If you're still hungry, keep eating. And if not, it's okay to stop. Checking in with the hunger scale is really helpful when you first start intuitive eating. So definitely try this if you struggle with feeling hunger cues. Eating intuitively can be difficult, but it is so worth it. Making this change was huge for me, and that's coming from someone who was stuck in this diet culture mindset for literally my entire life. If I can do it, so can you. Please start eating intuitively. Today is the perfect time to start. If you struggle with body image, these next few tips are for you. First and foremost, stay away from the scale. Your health and worth are not determined by a number on a piece of plastic. Our weight actually fluctuates constantly, as much as 5 to 6 pounds in a day. In one day, you guys. Not only does your weight literally not matter, but it's also not reliable. It's just a snapshot in time. Our water intake, digestive movements, and exercise all impact our weight. So weighing yourself on one random morning is not going to be a reliable depiction of your health. Let's also not forget that muscle weighs more than fat. If you've recently started exercising, you might notice that the scale goes up, and that's perfectly okay. It's also perfectly okay just to gain weight in general. Our body has something called a set point range meaning there's a certain weight range where our natural bodies fall when it's fed properly. So if you see yourself gaining weight, that actually might indicate you're giving your body what it needs, and that's always a good thing. Not using the scale is easy to do if you haven't started, but if you're anything like me, you might already be a little obsessed with it, 
and it can be hard to stop using the scale when you've used it for a long time. If you want to stop using the scale, I recommend putting it somewhere that's really hard to reach. When it's difficult to get the scale, you have more time to consider why you even want to weigh yourself in the first place. And if you don't trust yourself with scales around the house, give it to a friend, family member, or partner and have them hide it from you so it's not even an option to weigh yourself. Next up, if you're having a bad body image day, wear clothes you feel comfortable in or confident in. Comfy clothes like a big t-shirt or sweatpants help hide your body from both yourself and others. This makes it a little easier to cope with how you look because you can't even see yourself. On the other hand, dressing in one of your favorite outfits or buying new clothes can really help boost your confidence. This will make you feel good even if you might not like how you look in the outfit, you know the outfit looks good and that really just raises your confidence. You can also do actions that make you feel good, like giving others compliments, moving your body, or listening to music. What you do throughout the day affects your mood. So if you're doing more of what makes you happy, you might start to feel better about yourself as well. For my next tip, I really want you guys to consider what you have control over. Of course, as we talked about before, diet culture seeps in from all sides, but we do have a little bit of control over how much we see and how much we give into it. So first of all, social media can be really toxic. So if you're seeing accounts that are triggering to you or really just glamorizing diet culture, unfollow them. Start following holistic wellness accounts or influencers who practice self-love or make you feel good about yourself. Then every time you go on social media, you'll see this content and be reminded that this is the kind of energy you want to bring into your own life. You also have control over the conversations we have in the real world. Spread positivity and speak up against pro-diet friends and family. We all have those family members who might say the wrong thing that can be a little bit triggering or hurtful. If they say something wrong that goes against what you know about health, don't be afraid to correct them. This doesn't need to be an argument, it can be a simple conversation, but spread that knowledge where you can. Odds are, people that are immersed in this diet culture are struggling with their body image too, as well as their food and exercise habits. They might need to hear that it's okay to eat what they want and might need a reminder that they're perfect just the way they are. And just as a reminder for you guys, you also have control over your own life and perspective. So if you aren't seeing the support that you need from others or any positivity online, bring that into the world yourself. You are your number one fan, so start acting like it. Be your biggest supporter and support others who need it along the way. Positivity attracts positivity. So if you start putting those good vibes out there, you'll find those people who are going to match that energy. And those are the kind of people you want in your life. And it is hard to be positive all the time. Negativity is bound to happen, but make sure you counter every negative thought with a positive one. When you think something to yourself that you know not to be true, like, I shouldn't eat this, or this is bad for me, or I need to go on a diet, I need to be thinner or change how I look, something like that. 
Make sure you correct yourself and replace it with something positive. For example, if you're thinking, I don't need this brownie, I ate too much today, remind yourself it's okay to eat the brownie and you don't have to deserve food. Your body is hungry and it needs it. The more that you counter these negative thoughts, the less you'll have of them. It's also important to question why you're having these negative thoughts in the first place. I just recently found out that fat is not a feeling. You literally cannot feel fat. But for some reason, so many people, myself included, tend to feel that way a lot. If you can't feel fat, you must be feeling something else, like anxiety, discomfort, anger, stress. It could really be anything. I think the reason it gets confused with feeling fat is because when you hate your body, you tend to blame everything negative in your life on your appearance. At least that's what I think. I don't actually know the real answer here. When you start having negative thoughts about the food you're eating, exercise, or how you look, take a second to write down how you're feeling in a journal. Consider what else is bothering you right now or could be contributing to this feeling. The sooner you figure out what the real feeling is, the sooner you can start working through it and finding better ways to cope instead of punishing your body. That's pretty much all the tips I have for you guys right now. I hope you try to use some of them or maybe all of them and that they're able to help you better your relationship with food and exercise. If you made it to the end, thank you guys so much for sticking around. If you take anything away from this episode, please remember that health has no size and you're perfect just the way you are. Diet culture may be everywhere we look, but we all have control over how we react to it and how we treat our bodies. Please give yourself the love and respect you deserve, even if no one else does. If you like today's podcast, make sure to keep a lookout for the next one. I did just change my posting schedule from every other week to every week, so you can expect new episodes every Tuesday morning. Make sure to check out my Instagram at plantingseedspod for updates, inspiration, and more. I'll actually be using the Instagram to figure out my next podcast topic, so if you want to cast your vote, make sure to give me a follow on Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you.